This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. It's been a while since we've had to tackle this ongoing and devastating problem of fatalities on our roads, especially pedestrian deaths. Yesterday, a 71-year-old woman was struck and killed after getting off a TTC bus at Eglinton Avenue East in Midland. Witnesses say she slipped on the stairs getting off the bus and was then hit by both the bus and another vehicle. TTC spokesman Stuart Green said police were handling the investigation, and the Transit Authority was cooperating and also confirmed that a TTC vehicle was involved. In addition to that, a 70-year-old man is dead after a dump truck and a motorcycle collided at a busy intersection in Bloor West Village. Now, here's the thing. Older people, seniors, are most likely to die of their injuries in road conditions, and that is something the city's Vision Zero strategy is aiming to eliminate. We want to hear from you. I want to hear if you think that there's anything in the way things work that have to be changed. I mean, for instance, there are some people who say, Eva D. this morning told me her mother feels that the buses pull away too quickly. Is that something uh, you've noticed? Uh, I I don't know. We, We don't know all the contributing factors in this case yet. Uh, Was there any problem with the stairs? Uh, But probably, I would guess there are things that we can do to minimize the hazard. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Joining me in studio right now, Sergeant Brett Moore, and on the line, we have the founder and chair of 880 Cities, Gil Peñalosa. Gentlemen, welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks. Gil? So, uh, Sergeant Moore, first of all, uh, can you fill us in? Is is there anything about this terrible case yesterday that I didn't cover? Yeah, there was. A, a, I was at the scene along with some of the oh. officers from Traffic Services, of course. And the, the, the information about the second car, um, I think, was a little bit, it got out there early. But um, we're just focusing right now on the bus and the interaction with uh, this uh, 70-year-old woman. Okay, so um, I'm I'm just trying to parse what you're saying mm-hmm. without uh, doing anything uh, that will damage the case. But does that mean uh, the second car, she might have already uh, been dead when the second car hit her? You know what, I, I think that we're not really, because I'm not directly investigating the, the, the collision, um, I... I think it's pretty safe to say, though, from what I've been speaking from the investigators, that um, the other vehicle that we're speaking about uh, may not have uh, a big role to play in this. I think right now we're looking at the interaction again between the TTC bus and uh, the pedestrian woman. Now, is it confirmed that she slipped on stairs getting off? See, this is one of the difficulties, and we're this is 24 hours into it, so there is a lot, and I appreciate that folks are, you know, because of the the sensitivity of what happened, both from the the TTC incident and with the the dump truck, um, that 
people want to know what happened. Is it preventable? Who's at fault? Is there charges? The the difficulty is from our part of the business here in investigating these types of crimes is um, it takes a lot of time. And so we do, we've got the coroner's office involved, we've got the TTC, we're looking at surveillance video, witnesses are still coming forward. We're hoping to hear from some other folks, it's a busy area. So um, a lot of the details just aren't available and it would be inappropriate to, to because there are witnesses that we hope to hear from uh, out there, that if, if we say too much too early, You might, might color what they say. By the way, you did That's use it. the word crimes. Was that kind of inadvertent? No, they are. Yeah. I call they, they, anything, anytime somebody dies, it's a traffic crime and uh, it is. It's the, these aren't accidents. Right. Um, nobody wakes up, though, with the intention to say this is, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to get myself involved in a situation with my vehicle that's going to seriously injure or kill somebody. That just doesn't happen. But they are traffic crimes and they are preventable for sure. And that's some, one of the things that we, we try to say uh, on a regular basis. OK, well, I, I'm glad you're putting it that way. Uh, Gil, uh, what do you have to say about this? You know, uh, you have a vision for making cities great for people who are eight and people who are 80. Is there anything you have to say about buses? Yes. Well, I think that we need to make our cities safe, and we are not doing enough. First, I disagree that this is an accident. It's not an accident. Accidents is when there is nothing that could be could have been done about it. But the overwhelming majority of the injuries and people being people walking being killed, they could could have been avoided. So we need to avoid those, and we are not doing enough. I think vision zero sounds nice. It's a cute term, but it's not good if it doesn't have budget, if it doesn't have money. The city came out with the plan of vision zero, and they said that in the next 10 years, we were going to reduce by 20% the people being killed on, in the streets. 20%. So it's like telling people... You well, they, cha years. they changed that. They said that at and first. They and they changed it within 24 hours. Yeah, well, except, there was a big outcry. Except, except that they didn't put any additional money. So how can you go from, from a, a goal of 20% reduction to 100% without increasing the budget? And the budget really is ridiculous. We're putting $60 million over the next 10 years. That's $6 billion per year. $6 million in a city that has a budget of $12,000 million. We, our budget is $12 billion. So we need to do. Also, I'm very happy that you have this. The, the, someone from the police there, because I have never seen the police give a ticket to the car drivers that, for example, make turns. I, I, I work, for example, near Spadina and, 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 and Queen. When the cars are making a left turn, they wait for the, for the green light. And it seems like they forgot that when the light goes yellow, they must stop. No, the light goes yellow and they continue turning left. And by the time they get through the place where the pedestrians are crossing, it's already red. Uh, Always. I, no. I'm not when sure it, that's... When it's yellow, they must stop. I'm, I'm not sure that's... That, that's not the way it's been explained to me by other police officers, Brett. I think one of the things that we're really trying to forward is we're, we're, there is a lot of adversarial relationships between motorists, pedestrians, cyclists, and, and it doesn't really sort of further the agenda of road safety. It's, it is it is a collective effort, and everybody has a role to play, and there's no questions that everybody that's listening and watching, and uh, we've all got stories where we've seen a road user do something they shouldn't be doing, whether it's a, a blatant disregard for a, a light, a signal, something. Nobody's perfect, and, and so one of the things that I think that we need to work and focus on is the shared responsibility, building in time, doing the little things that we've all been taught as, as young people growing up that, you know, we, we live these busy lives now. 
and everybody's in a rush, it seems. So, um, it, you know, that, that is a big factor. And, and to the issue, I guess, the, that uh, Gil was talking about there, that the, the old adage is true. There's never a cop there when you need them. And so we've, there's lots of work to be done. Uh, road safety is a big part. It is a priority for the police service. Um, but there are many other things as well. Well, so, actually, well, I've, I've had discussions with, with other police officers and say, okay, there are a lot of places where a left turn is legal, but you can't make a left turn on a green or even on a yellow because the oncoming traffic won't let you. And, and um, I was told that it's okay for one or two cars to go when you can go. Well, yeah. each intersection, you know, the signs are pretty clear. As long as we follow the signs, uh, you know, then um, that, that's your best chance to have uh, you know, no, no confrontation or, or conflict with any motorists or uh, road users. But there, really, what it comes down to, Libby, and, and, and you know, is we do have an you know we do have an issue. There's no question about it. But we're not unique in here in Toronto as well. It, this is a this is a North American global issue. Road uh, road deaths account for 1.25 million people globally um, every year. And so here in Toronto, I can. Tell you for the first time, the, the the conversation is about road safety. People are more aware. There is funding. There is a Vision Zero. There is a road safety, very comprehensive road safety plan that has many supporters. Um, and is it perfect? No. But I can tell you now that for the first time in my career, for a very long time, that there is a sort of a very collective effort with all city agencies that are that have a, a you know public health. Transportation services, the police services, um, there is effort. It's it's um, there. There's we've, we've got a long way to go. There's no question. Um, but I'd, I'd like to try to hopefully shift. And, and when I get the opportunity to talk about it, is to, to try to break down this adversary relationship between the road users because we find ourselves today. I, I walked here from the station. I was a pedestrian. I'll jump on the cruiser later on today to do something else. I'll be a motorist. I, I, they don't let me ride bicycles, but uh, you know, lots of my colleagues do. So, uh, Gil, 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 Gil. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'd like you to please answer my question. Uh, so my question is, the, fir- the question I asked you off the top related to this particular incident, and it doesn't have to do with budgets, but is there anything different that buses have to do in the way they conduct themselves? Buses are often in a hurry. They have to meet their schedules. Do they pull out too quickly? Is there anything like that that could be changed to make the road safer, in your opinion? Yes, I think that both buses and streetcars need to go a little bit slower. I think I've seen many buses and streetcars also go, going across intersections on yellow and usually turning to red. So that has to become a top priority. Also, we need to create, a, 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 when the streetcars drop you off, like when the streetcars stop, there should be, like even, even the school buses have an arm that comes out and says stop. The streetcars, the old streetcars, they just have a sticker on the back of the streetcar. We have millions of tourists coming into Toronto, and many do not even know that they need to stop behind the streetcar. And it's only this sticker. The new streetcars, they have a light, but the old ones, they do not. And I've been asking the TTC that they should make it much more noticeable. Because many cars, I think they go through not because they want to, but it's because they don't. They don't know. Many many of them are not from Toronto. Many of them might be tourists from Ontario, from other places. So, but they said, oh no, because eventually we're going to get rid of the old street cars, so we don't want to invest in that. What are you going to tell this to someone that is hit by a car coming off a street car, and and say that in ten years those are going to be phased out? So I think it is important, and, and with all due respect, this is not about one incident, Libby. 
every yep. day, every day, every three hours and 20 minutes, a pedestrian is hit by a driver. Every three hours and 20 minutes, 365 days of the year. So this is not isolated. Of course, it sounds nice to be, or we need to be nice and polite. I agree with the surgeon. We are talking about it. Finally, we're talking about it because maybe 20 years ago, we were not talking about it as much. But we are still not doing it. And when we have a pedestrian being hit by a car every three hours and 20 minutes and a cyclist every seven hours and 20 minutes, it's very clear that we must act. We must do. This is not civilized. We have about seven times as many pedestrians hit by cars than people in Sweden per 100,000 kilometers. So in proportion to the amount of cars in the proportion of the kilometers, we are seven times worse. So we must learn what is it that they are doing that we are not doing. This is not a technical issue. This is not a financial issue. It's a political issue. Okay, Gil, we're going to take some calls from our listeners now. We've got Sam in Brantford. Hi, Sam. Hello, Libby. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? Uh, Pretty good. I have four very, very important questions and issues. The first one is, was the bus letting her off at the curb? Was she exiting at the rear door? Uh, If she was exiting at the rear door, there are two mirrors that look down the two steps. And if she fell down, this tells me that she was run over, not hit by the bus. I would like to have these questions answered, please. Uh, I, I don't know if they can be answered right now, but will uh, Sergeant Moore? Yep, for sure. So at the beginning, oh. I said I had to say I've got to watch what I say in terms of um, how much information we, we give out. Obviously, police, yeah. uh, we've got we've got to get it right. So I can't answer those questions directly. I won't. It would, it would compromise uh, the investigation. It would put the investigators in a bad spot. But... I can tell you this, all those questions we're asking as well. And so our job as the investigators is to get it right the first time and we to do as thorough of an investigation as we can. And so that is happening now, and it, but it does take time. So um, your caller is correct. All those things are, are in play. Uh, the bus has cameras on it. We'll be reviewing those. There's witnesses on the buses, and we'll be looking at uh, speaking to those folks as well. So um, uh, there, there, there is an element of uh, you know, patience that has to be applied here for, to, to the callers, to the public. Um, but we also know that people want answers as well. So we're as thorough as we can, as quick as we can. But um, those questions, the investigators, we've got commercial motor vehicle inspectors, we've got reconstruction officers, and we've got our criminal investigators. Um, so they are very good at what they do. And uh, I think uh, we just got to give them the, a little bit of time to, to do their job. Um, okay, uh, let's go to Dorothy in Toronto. Oh, hi. Uh, this is a, an issue that really bothers me. With the seniors, I think seniors should only get off at the front doors next to the driver so the driver can watch you. That's what I do. I don't trust the middle doors because once you step off, if a car is coming, um, it's over for you. What are you going to do, especially when you have a cane and you only have really use of one leg? You can't even jump back up. You know, I really don't think there's too much respect for the pedestrians in Toronto. I think if you don't have a car or a limo or can afford cabs, um, I, I feel really sorry for the TTC drivers, especially, and, and the pedestrians. because uh, I don't feel sorry for the drivers. I well, see a lot cars, of drivers doing things that... The cars don't care. They're really brazen. The speed limit should be put down because they don't care. They're in a hurry for wherever they're going, and if you get in your, their way, too bad. 
Well, I, I, I think that's, uh, that's unfair for all drivers. Lowering the speed limits is something that certainly is on the horizon of 880 cities and uh, other people who say lowering the, the speed limit to 30 would really uh, resolve a lot of problems in the city. Yeah, well, just on that point, I, I, yeah. funny enough, I had a conversation today, um, and I've got a, a, a list. The city of Toronto has actually made quite uh, a number of improvements in lowering of speed limits. So that uh, those have already happened. It's taking place as we speak. So um, there are dozens and dozens and literally thousands of signs that have been changed to lower the speed limit in Toronto, just for these reasons. We know that lowering speed uh, raises the ability for people to, uh, you know, A, it allows drivers to, to react a bit quicker, and it uh, lowers the, uh, the, the, the level of injury for the, the, when there is an interaction. Okay, let's go to Diane in Del- Dunville. Hi, Diane. Hi there. How are you this morning? Fine. How are you? I'm working on being better. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, yes, what I'm calling about is, um, uh, congratulations, you have public transit support. Of course, in a small community, we have to rely on... Uh, volunteers, which um, are fantastic organizations, but obviously they get overrun. And I think the general point here is I'm, I'm going to try to make is that uh, seniors are, uh, you know, they're vulnerable. A lot of times their vision's bad, their 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 strength is going, and if their services aren't available, they do get on these places. They have to take transportation to get the necessities to to stay in their own home. So. Um, you know, that's something that also could be uh, looked at, uh, expanding those services so those people aren't uh, in a situation that's going to compromise their lives. Okay. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and your caller is absolutely right. Dan was talking about there. We are fortunate in Toronto. We have a great transit system. And, um, you know, the, the, the transit operators don't have an easy job. There's no question about it. And I know they take their safety and their passenger safety serious as well. And I can tell you that they were there yesterday with us um, and completely uh, assisting as far as they can. But, um, but to your caller's point, people, due to, because of necessity, have to take transit, get around the communities uh, to get to appointments, whatnot. Um, and we do see and, seniors and a lot overrepresented. Of times when they are going to those appointments, obviously they're going because they're not well. Correct. And uh, that's uh, that's a scenario that uh, in Europe that's um, addressed in much more different ways than we do in in in, the, in, in the, this North American country. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know that would uh, alleviate a lot of the the uh, the, the problems that that happen because, uh, as I said. Uh, you know, it's not that they want to get involved in this kind of scenario, but they're forced to go out. They've got to, in order to stay in their own homes, they have to get out there and do their thing. Okay, thank you very much for that. Thanks. Let's go to Jim in Pickering. Hi, Jim. Hi, good morning, Libby. Um, yeah, I did drive for TTC. I am retired. I did drive 31 years, and I did it all accident-free. Great. And I'm going to tell you is that um, we don't have long enough to really get to to say what I want to say. But I'm glad that the officer had a talk with them and they told you how concerned they are with safety. Libby, I did hear you say about the schedules and the keep up. And you'd have to be there and do the job to understand the pressures. And also, people have to take their responsibility. Libby, I I could have ran over many, many people that ran right in front of my bus. And I had people push a, a baby carriage in front of the bus. People will just, when they see a bus, they see nothing else. And Libby, these days, they're looking at their little screens. They got earbuds on, and they're just not aware. And so 
I don't believe that there are no accidents. Oh, um, yeah. The officer said there were, with you said there are no accidents. No, and, and what I mean by that is, no, I, I sort of look and say kids have accidents and we forgive them for that and we, it's to be expected. These are, you know, for, for when it comes to an adult and a professional driver and, and, and folks navigating our city on cycles, uh, cycle, bicycles and as pedestrians, um, we know that to your point when you're saying people are sort of doing silly things and looking at their screens or running in front yeah. of your bus, but there's just as many uh, drivers and, and, and other road users that are doing silly things as well. Everybody has examples and sees it every day. Just but neither look, one is right. Neither one is right. No, but we know, and I say they're, they're not accidents because they're preventable. And so when something's preventable, it, it's, it's, you know, it, it's not an accident. Yeah, right? somebody, somebody pushing a baby carriage in front of the bus, that's, yeah. that's not an accident. They made a, a choice. There's a contributing factor to the collision. And then, well, Libby, and, the thing yeah. is, too, and, and the problem is I saw it years ago, and I saw as people, uh, the population was aging. It took them longer to walk up the steps, to get off, and when they're um, uh, not steady on their feet and things like that, uh, and they fall, I mean, that's just unfortunate. And the one lady that called ahead of me said about uh, the ones that use it with a cane and things like that. But these are all things that uh, I was paid by the hour, and I would take all the time you want, and I did. Well, uh, well, I didn't, but I, I, I managed it through defensive driving. But I think that there are circumstances which are changing, and they will, they will preach the TTC. But I'll tell you something. Uh, I, I, and all the time I did it, and the people I know that are still there, it's a different story when you're there. It's let's keep this service going. Well, yeah, th- I, that, that was the, the point that I'm uh, trying to make. Jim, thanks for your call. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye now. Okay, uh, let's go to Frank in Toronto. Hello. Yeah, I've been driving um, for many years, dump trucks. What I really like is the number countdown on the light. It is very effective. And, but I, and then you find some lights where they change so fast that you, you can't even react. Like, um, I think they got to go to that kind of system for the lights that the other guy was commenting on. The countdown for the lights? Well, uh, thanks for your call there. Your line's a bit bad. Uh, they're effective if people uh, pay attention to them, which doesn't always happen either. There is one in the, uh, in, in the office that I work in that is one of the things that we struggle with. And it's folks, they do work well when they're followed and, and people sort of follow, understand how they work. The, the, when, when the light cycles and the countdown starts... That if you had started as a pedestrian crossing the road and you you entered on when you know with the walking signal comes on, and partway through that signal should change to that countdown timer, that basically means let's get going and finish finish how long ever it takes to finish your crossing. But what it means to the folks that haven't yet started is means that's not for you. Don't start the don't don't start crossing the road and enter the intersection. Um, there is a misconception. We're uh, we're working on some different messaging. Uh, uh, we've got a pedestrian uh, campaign coming up this fall, as we often as we always do, and that will be uh, part of our messaging out to the public as well, just to make them understand how to how to use the infrastructure that's uh, that's out there. Some people love them, and some people there's a, there's a complete other side to that some people just don't like them as well so when they're when they uh, when they're followed and they're used they work they work pretty well i have to say guilty as charged mm-hmm. i know you're not supposed to start but i can make it across the street <laughs> in three seconds so so <laughs> we have to say sometimes what's your number right and that's what so for you three in some intersections well, three is your number and i can make it but um yeah there's there's it, it is uh 
uh, it's one of those things I don't think is going away. Many, many, many of the intersections have those countdown timers. Okay, uh, that's all the time we have for this segment. Anything else you want to say there? No, listen, uh, we, we, um, yesterday uh, with the two fatalities, uh, they, they are tragedies. There's no question about it. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says this is you know, what uh, they imagined getting involved in. But um, I know there is a thirst and, and I'm getting calls from media um, and to, from the public and uh, about what's going on and what happened. I want to know. We, we need a bit of time after these these things occur. We have to let the things settle down. We have to la- allow for us to do our work. So um, road safety is a shared responsibility. There's no question about it. Uh, if people don't know about Vision Zero and what uh, the city is getting in, uh, is involved in with the road safety plan, I'm going to encourage them to d- jump online and uh, get them uh, do a little bit of reading about that as well. So thanks for the opportunity to say a few words. Okay. Well, uh, thank you. Let's not let this go. When there are some answers, uh, we will talk to you again. Thanks to Sergeant Brett Moore and to Gil Peñalosa of 880 Cities. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.